Welcome, Ring Rats. It is Blackhawks Hockey Ringcast, episode 25, exclusively sponsored by the premium hockey outfitters at puckhockey.com. That's P U C K H C K Y.com. Use discount code The Rink to get 10% off on all of your orders. Get yourself some of that rink gear. So today is Thursday, June 21st, 2018. I am Jeff Osborne, better known across the interwebs as Gatekeeper. What's up, jerks? And I'm joined by my good friend, co-host, and fellow grumpy old guy, Mr. John Jekyll. Hello, sir. I've got draft fever, and Stan Bowman has the cure. So why don't you choke on that, you big slap nut? <laughs> and also joining us tonight, first we have our Rockford War Pigs correspondent, Mr. Mario Tarabasi, who is actually live. We don't have a recorded segment. We have the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Mario Tarabasi. Hello, sir. You know, what's going on, guys? I'm live and living color. <laughs> and also, we have our NCAA and prospect expert, Mr. Aaron Goldschmidt, all the way from smoky Denver, Colorado. College hockey. You done messed up, A.A. Ron! <laughs> I knew that was coming. Yep, and, and for Mario, just because it's tradition. Bing, 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 bong, bing, bing, bong, bing, 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 so, yeah, we're all here together. Thank you for that. Yeah, a last, uh, last minute thing we thought we'd throw together since the draft is tomorrow. Uh, we've had a lot of stuff go on. Um, so as far as the Blackhawks go, last Friday they re-signed John Hayden and Vinny Henestrosa, two smaller contracts, depth guys. Um, I don't know. What was your guys' opinion on that? Man. I, like, I like the move. Yeah, I'm I'm okay with it. I mean, Vinny's fast. Yeah. He's got some use. You can use him in the top six. You can use him in the bottom six. John Hayden, same thing. He's big. He's got a little bit of an edge to him. He could be used in the bottom six or the top six. Probably not consistently in the top six, either one of them. But both of them can play all up and down the lineup. So, yeah, sure, why not, right? Yeah, both of them play a fearless physical game, and that's a good thing. The Hawks need more of that. So, that's all good. And Mario, you saw a lot of uh, Hayden towards the end of the season. Yeah, he definitely um, showed a, a lot of uh, development. I think going going to Rockford at the time he did, he got a lot of um, ice time that he wasn't seeing in Chicago, and actually got to play more than just you know bottom you know bottom fourth line you know physical role. He actually got to play you know top six forward minutes um was relied a little bit more on for his skill than his physicality and um you know he, he started started to look look pretty comfortable with that um and i think that's his role probably in the nhl is going to be that bottom six uh, you know maybe maybe middle six forward at his at his peak potential and you know can be can be big and has has the ability to find the net uh, from time to time. So um, I, I think it's good. I think it's, it's a good for both guys. Good bridge deal gives them some, some time to maybe develop a little bit and see if they can produce at the NHL level. And Aaron is very happy to see that they're both college hockey players, right? Yeah. I, I like these signings a lot better than I did Ruda and Gustafson. And I like the money and the term a lot better too. So um those signings should have been flipped around. Uh, but, you know, yeah, I, I like Hayden a lot. Um, like the size. I thought he was really good with Winkles 
my man, uh, Boma. But uh, I don't <laughs> think he's coming back. But uh, yeah, I love Hayden. I I give Vinny or Mini Hinestroza uh, a lot of crap just because you know we have a lot of small guys on this team. But he does skate really well. Um, hopefully, he can really work on his hands and like really. I guess he went to Rockford to work on all his passing, and so hopefully he takes a step. And same with Hayden. So I, I'm I'm into the signings for sure. And uh, we actually did get a question about regarding Henestrosa, which was said uh, last year there was a stretch. This guy Nick Lux on Twitter uh, said there was a stretch last year where 2019 and Henestrosa were on the same line, and it seemed like they were scoring just about every game. Uh, any reason Q would have trashed that? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't. Th- I think he wants a little more size to help out with Taze and uh, Saad, but who knows? I don't. Q was. He wasn't very consistent. He wasn't very patient with any of the lines. So I don't know that we could necessarily base what's going to happen this year on anything that happened last year. So that's about all I can really say on that one. Vinny, Vinny will will make some mental mistakes and positioning mistakes, and you know, playing with uh, the big boys on that on that line, that's not Q's not going to take that for long, and it's probably what it was. He probably made some mistakes here and there, and and uh, you know, they, they, they he changed it up because of that. Right. Well, yeah. So let's not let's not stick too long on the Hinnestros and Hayden signings. There's not really much there to. Uh to analyze because basically they're just, they're, they're good depth deals and we kind of expected it. So, uh, but there is the draft tomorrow. There were some other, uh, announcements and happenings that happened. So we'll figure we'll probably get to those. Although tomorrow could be fireworks for the Blackhawks. Like it was last year. Uh, there could be deals. They could move up and down the draft. They could make trades. Who knows what's going to happen. And, uh, everyone just, better have their seatbelts on for tomorrow because who knows what's going to really happen. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you, John, you're starting to hear some, some, you know, mutterings and, and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's interesting. I didn't, uh, I didn't tweet this out today mainly because, um, what I, you know, what I was told was that this thing, this rumored trade discussion was not going to, it was not going to materialize. So I said, ah, I'm not, not, I'm not going to put it out there, but, um, good source. Um, really the guy who, um, gave us, um, a lot of the, uh, the good information on the Ryan Hartman trade. Um, and you know, the fact that it was very likely he was going to get dealt. Um, he, uh, he told me that uh, the Hawks have been, um, trying to put together a deal an offer for, uh, for Eric Carlson. But, uh, he also told me, and, and this is what I, you know, this is what I really appreciate. He said it's very, very unlikely that a deal is going to happen. So I didn't, I didn't tweet it out, but uh, I do believe that Bowman, um, you know, at the urging of John McDonough, is trying to do something really big and splashy. Um, you know, when you start to think about the price of an Eric Carlson in trade, though, it's almost like the Hawks almost really don't have the horses to pull it off. Um, as, as good a player as Eric Carlson is, they'd have to give so much, so much up and they don't really have a lot of, uh, you know, depth to deal from. It almost, you know, starts to, to reach a point where it makes no sense. Yeah. It would be great if he could come here, but I mean, really, they yeah. just have to give away all their draft picks this year <laughs> to be able to do something like that. 
like yeah. a, you know in a Ricky Williams type trade. You know, but look at it this way: Wh- Who would you rather have? Would you rather have Eric Carlson at six million a year or John Carlson at six point five or seven for for next year? I'd rather have Eric Carlson at six personally. Um, although you know that the subsequent year he's going to get paid a lot more money. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's ter- I think he's a terrific player. He's the kind of guy that. Uh, and in a lot of ways could help really re-energize this club in terms of its transition game. And, um, you know, um, I, I think he's better defensively in his own end than he's given credit for too. And, uh, um, you know, so yeah, I'm, a, that type of thing excites me. It really makes me feel like Bowman, you know, is, is thinking big and, and, uh, you know, maybe they haven't given up yet on this, this core of players. And they're going to try to make one more, you know, big run, big all in run. And, uh, so we'll see. We'll see what happens tomorrow. I personally think they're going to hold on to the uh, eighth overall selection and make and make the pick. And we could talk about you know who I've heard they're going to take and later on. Um, I, I think the twenty seventh pick could get dealt though for something, you know, be it a current NHL player or you know a trade down for two or three picks in the second round, which would be an interesting strategy for various reasons as well. So we'll see. Yeah. Now Mario and Aaron, you guys have definitely had your opinions on what may or may not go on in the draft tomorrow. So, uh, but more of it's been private, you know, in our private <laughs> conversations, but what do you guys think? Go for it. Um, well, I mean, as, as, as far as big trades go, um, I mean, last year we saw that, um, you know, this front office isn't afraid to, to, to pull the trigger. Um, but I think I, I'm more cautious of, of, in this draft because it seems to be um, pretty, pretty deep as far as, you know, the, the first round will go. Um, I'm, I'm more in the boat that the Blackhawks should use both of their first round picks. I know it's kind of been rumored that they might trade, you know, the 27th pick to, you know, get a player or as part of a deal. Um, But I'm, I'm more in the boat of using, using both picks, um, you know, picking in the top 10, this is something they haven't done since they took Patrick Kane. So it's, it's something that a lot of, a lot of fans, um, you know, this is their, you know, first experience or first experience in a while with this team, you know, being in this position. So uh, I, I think with the, with the depth this draft has, especially at the top, um, you know, using that eighth pick, they really have to try hard to mess it up i think there's going to be enough talent available at eight that they can get someone that'll definitely uh be a contributor at the nhl level rather quickly um and then 27 i think that there's there's depth in the first round that they can get somebody that uh you know can can be reliable i mean look at last year yokoharu was what 20 where did they get him 27 was it 26 i think yeah it was it was in that mid to late twenties uh, spot, and you know here we are a year later, and he's more than likely going to factor into the lineup at least early on in the year. So, I mean, if they could get another guy at twenty seven who takes you know just a year to uh, to be at that position where they could factor in a lineup, I think that that's important to to do, especially if they're going to continue to build. Um, you know, unless they make some sort of trade that's going to say, hey, we're getting back into contention this season, 
um, you know, I'm, I'm mentally prepared for 2018, 19 to be another disappointment as far as result goes. But if, if it's to build for the future, I'm okay with it. So I think if they use both picks, I'd be happy with that unless they're going to make some sort of deal, which I don't know, seems, seems unlikely, but you never know. Like you said, gate tomorrow, tomorrow afternoon could completely change everything. So it'll be interesting to see. I, yeah. And I still think that the big unknown variable is Corey Crawford. I just thought Bowman's comments today were really, really interesting. You know, he, he tells me he's healthy and ready to go. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, because that to me, that's the whole thing. The whole thing turns on that. Do you, do you go all in with a healthy Crawford or do you rebuild because Crawford's, you know, probably not coming back or he's not going to stay back? Really, really interesting to see. And what happens with Crawford the next couple of days? Yeah. You know, if they could, if they could trade him, would they? You know, hard to say. Aaron, what's your opinion on the draft? So I'm going to preface this with um, an email I got today. That says, uh, I love Lance Boma. What's that? <laughs> that says, no, I love no. Lance Boma. <laughs> no, it's not about Lance Boma. I wish it was. But um, Thank I got an email you, today. I, I... <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, I got an email today from the Blackhawks talking about the schedule release. And below it was um, a little message that said, hey, we're accepting deposits on nine game and 21 game packages for the Blackhawks. So I've had my nine-game package for 10 years, since 08, 09, and I gave it up this year, and I didn't realize that so many other people were giving theirs up. And I think they really have a problem uh, with a lot of people jumping ship on going to see the Blackhawks. And I think McDonough's going to have a huge problem with that. And I think Joel's on the hot seat. I think Stan's on the hot seat. And I don't think anybody in the first round that's not named Brady Kachuk can help you this year. So I'm in the boat of them trading this pick or trading down. Um, One of the teams that I've been looking at is the Rangers. Uh, We pick right before the Rangers and we pick right in the middle of the Rangers at 27 and they've got 26 and 28. So I'm with you guys. I think there's going to be a lot of activity tomorrow, Um, but I as opposed to Mario, I don't think that we take both picks. I think that one's at least one's moving, if not both. Um, because if I look back on last year, and yeah, it was atrocious, but there's a lot of guys on the team that just straight up underachieved. Brandon Sodge should be scoring 30 goals. Jonathan Taves should be doing a lot better. Um, so I, in an optimistic view, I think there are a couple pieces away from com- contending again. And that sounds stupid, right? But... I just don't think this is a team that makes a smart rebuilding move um, just because of the pressure. Well, on that note, um, I also take into account the fact that Stan Bowman, like you said, Stan Bowman and Joel Quenville are both on the hot seat. And if sitting back and waiting and, you know, Stan sitting there and saying, well, we're going to count on Brandon Saad coming back and playing well. We're going to count on all these players rebounding and Corey Crawford being healthy and some of these defensemen stepping up. Um, I don't know that he's going to take those chances in, to save his job. I think he's going to want to make a move. He's going to, want to make something happen, push the team in the direction 
by making a move to try and save his job. That's just the way I look at it. I don't think he can sit around and wait and hope and just, you know, lay back and, and say, well, we got enough good guys on this team. We should be good. Well, yeah, they should have been good last year too. And it could very well fall off the cliff again this year. Uh, I don't think he wants to take that chance. So that's that's at least my opinion on that. I, it may be totally off, but that's my opinion. The way I'm looking at it is that, you know, Stan Bowman is going to want to make something happen so he can try and, you know, with with his moves and by his hands make this team better, rather than just, you know, hope and dream and and uh, wish. And so, but we don't know. <laughs> so. Do you guys think that starts with Marion Hosa being moved? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think go ahead, Gate. No, I was going to say, I, I agree. Yeah, it, it does start with that because they don't have, it, part of that, and, and a lot of people are forgetting this, like I said last week or when we did this, Chicago Blackhawks fans have short memories. What is going to have to happen is they're going to have to be cap compliant with Marion Hosa on the roster day one if they want to keep hanging keep them hanging around or they could just unload it and and free up that five million dollars and have it to spend this summer on july 1st you'd think having it free to be able to spend on july 1st for whoever they're going to spend on or for trade or whatever before the season begins instead of waiting till day one of the season where you have like a cody franzen situation where he's sitting there on a you know on an under the table tryout contract that wink wink nudge nudge we're going to sign you tomorrow when this long-term injured reserve kicks in i don't think they're going to want to keep doing that like that's that's waiting too long if you've waited that long to be able to make a move it's already too late so yeah i i completely agree with you on that that they got to move that contract they got to get rid of it he's not coming back and he's not going to retire so you could they could they could throw all that cap recapture jargon in, in your face all you want, but he's just not going to retire. He's going to set on long-term injured reserve for the rest of his c- contract. And then he's going to retire and come back to the Blackhawks in some kind of, you know, other coaching or back office uh, position. And that's just how it's going to go. So stop with the recapture, you know, talk because it's not going to happen and just let's move on from this. So I've got an open question and I'd love to start with John because he's got a really good, perspective on this if you're an if you're a a team that's rebuilding um and the blackhawks approach you and they want to get they want to dump host this contract what are you asking for well it depends you know that all depends i mean because you're what you're the team you're talking to is a floor team right here's the issue and, and here's why it's this is a classic scenario of hawk fans thinking that other gms are out there waiting to solve the hawks problems for them that contract runs another three years and, you know, the, the rationale is, well, it's only a million dollars in actual payment to host every year. And that's true, but it's $5.25 million in cap hit for the next three years. So it's almost like you, you not only have to find a floor team, but you have to find a team that's probably going to be a floor team for three years. And there are, I don't think there's a lot of those out there. So, uh, you know, maybe the Hawks retain some, re- retain some of the salary, which I believe under the terms of the CBA they can do. Um, that's, that's one way they could make it palatable. Um, another one may be a prospect goes the other way, um, or a young player that another team covets. And let's, and let's remember, I mean, 
the Hawks lost the last year of Bickle's deal, four million dollars, you know, and he was basically, you know, a, a walking wounded at that point, like Hosa, um, and they had to give up Tavo Teravainen to to get that done. So, um, you know, it, what it's going to probably be some combination of retained retained salary if if the CBA permits it, and I'm not a cap geek, so I can't tell you that for sure, but. Um, and, and probably some other sweetener to get it done. Um, you know, there's the sentimental Ottawa scenarios out there as well. And again, if, if Ottawa is planning on being a, a floor team for the next three years and really going under a total rebuild, which looks possible, then, then maybe that makes sense. But it, I think it's going to come down to is, is, you know, the, the economics of the team that's trading for them. Yeah. Well, We'll see. Maybe it'll happen tomorrow. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> you know. But they gotta, they gotta get moving. They gotta do something because, the, you know, if I, I was surprised, and I, I don't know, he may have said this because we only get transcripts of what he actually said on the call today, and uh, and again, Stan Bowman had his presser today at noon where he said absolutely nothing. He towed the company line. He said, you know, we kind of want to make the team better this year, which doesn't really say a whole lot of anything. Um, he also said, which was a big thing, and this is something we've been, John, you and I have been saying for a while about Corey Crawford. Like, you got to get out in front of this. You got to do, you got to, you know, you got to get out in front of it. You got to say something. He's progressing. He's not. He is, whatever. And it's just sitting there in limbo, and it's still sitting there in limbo after the call. He said, well, we're hearing he's doing okay, and we have no reason to expect, you know, to think that he's not going to be ready. Well, that doesn't say anything. That's a lot of words that say nothing. It's yeah, not I mean, he was on the ice. It's not he's training. It's not anything. He was yeah. supposed to come out. He hasn't spoken really to the press since, like, from what I saw, April 9th about, you know, answering any questions regarding Corey Crawford or whatever. And came out here two months later and said nothing. And, yeah. you know, now even the mainstream people, like Jay Zawaski, are going, he didn't say anything. He fumbled. At the at the, five, at the you know at the five yard line and f- he fumbled the ball at the five yard line and didn't do anything when he had a chance to get out in front of this and settle everyone down and here we are we're we're still in the same place we were on December twenty third with Corey Crawford which doesn't the optics of it are not good you know you'd figure if things were good things were going well things were very promising he'd want to say something about it and you know, make the fans happy. So I don't know. It really makes you think that it's bad news and they're spinning it as we don't know. Yeah. But I, that's speculation. Yeah. And- well, look, look at it this way too. As here's, here's the way I look at it. I was talking to somebody about it today because somebody asked me, you know, would you believe the rumors about Crawford? And, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to speak to it specifically, but Anybody listening has heard the same thing. And here's what I say about that is I don't honestly know whether it's what the official company line has been or if it's the rumor. But if you think about it, either way, it's something that even if he comes back and plays on October 1st, there's always a risk of recurrence of the of the issue, whether it's concussion or it's some it's that other thing. And um, so it's it's I that's where I think they are. I think they're like, you know. Maybe he can come back and play, but we don't know if he's going to be able to play a full season. And um, 
you know, and like Gade and I have talked about on here, and I, I still feel pretty strongly convinced of this. If you know, if he can't play, and if he can't play a full season, there's no point screwing around um, with anything but a full rebuild at that point because they're not winning anything in the postseason without Crawford or some equivalent goalie X from somewhere else, which Kate and I have racked our brains on for, for a year now. We can't think of who it would be. So, um, I, I again, I feel like, you know, maybe the Hawks know more about the Crawford situation than any, than any of us do, and they're not letting it on. That's quite possible. Bowman plays his cards very close to the vest. And I was actually told, uh, by a team source this morning that you can expect a very, I'll, I'll read it to you, actually, it's right in front of me, a very carefully scripted and crafted PR piece about the upcoming season and draft. So that, and that's what we got. We got, you know, noncommittal, vague, broad, positive. Um, I, but, but I also, ha- I'm hearing that, he's, that Bowman's working on a lot of stuff. So I just, my hope is, I hope he has a plan and it's a clear plan and it's not this sort of half halfway thing that he's been doing the last two or three years. So we'll see. I don't know. Yeah, it was a a half hour and literally nothing was said. Like everything that Bowman went over, you know, it was, it was these, these two way statements. Like, you know, we're, we're looking to make our team better in the short term and the long term. And that's our focus. Like that was an answer. Like as a general manager, if your focus is not to make your team in the short term and long term better, you're, you shouldn't be a general manager. So I, the whole, the whole conference call from, from how I viewed it was a complete waste of time because it gave you no information moving forward, either about the draft or about, you know, their plans and free agency or anything like that. I think the biggest thing that came out of it, as far as Crawford goes, is I, I think that it was either said or inferred that they're essentially just going to have his, you know, his presence at the convention be the, 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 the capper to this, you know, is he okay to play, you know, whatever um, narrative, you know, is he going to be back next season? that they're using his appearance at the convention to pretty much, you know, be like, Hey, here he is. He's fine. You know, kind of thing. So I don't know. Um, a, a lot of this last season came, came, you know, to, to a decline once Crawford, uh, went out. And I, I mean, it, it goes without saying, but I'm, I'm with you guys as well that, you know, the success of next year depends on if Crawford's healthy and uh, we still have no info on that. So, Yeah, I was going by uh, what I read here on an article. There was an article. It said, uh, we expect him to be ready for the season. He's close to being ready to go. Bowman spoke with reporters Thursday through the teleconference. And then there was, is not satisfied with an answer. A reporter asked Bowman later on the call if there's a gag order revealing de- details of Crawford's condition. Bowman said there is no gag order. We we handle Corey's situation as we've handled other players. We never go into specifics on injury, mm-hmm. which is carefully crafted answer that probably was, you know, pre written for him. Because no, sure, you're not going to go into it on injuries, but how about just the player status? Yeah, 
How about, is he going to be able to play? You don't have to tell us what his injury is or how his injury is. Is he training? Is he, you know, give us something, give him a nugget. He gave nothing. And, and you know, this could be them kicking it, kicking the can down the road for the, the, you know, they could be, you know, whatever could be happening. They could say, Oh, well, you know, he's going to be ready in a month and a half. Okay. Well, month and a half is a convention. Let's trot him out to the convention. Can we prop him up with, you know, gum and uh, popsicle sticks long enough so that, you know, it's sufficient for the fans? Maybe. I don't know. I, I don't know. It, do, it doesn't comfort me any that he's going to the, the convention because that seems, again, like like they're kicking the can down the road a little bit. And, like, they felt like this was the last, you know, they could put this off as far as the convention. So that's what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't, the convention to me doesn't mean anything. Well, no, that doesn't mean anything, but that just means that they're going to, you know, they're going to put it out there. It's going to be something. It's going to be a subject for the entire weekend. Oh, yeah. People are going to want to know. So they figured, well, we don't have to have them at the draft. We don't have to have them at any of these other places. We don't have to have them at prospect camp. We don't have to have them at, at any of these places to speak. So we won't. But the convention comes around and then we're, we're, you know, within a month, you know, month or two or camp, that's probably the latest we can wait to, to, to trot him out. And there it is. So it, it, it doesn't leave me feeling with an easy feeling at all, which is bad news. Yeah. (laughs) So, but one of the goalies we did talk about today, news came out today, Robin Lehner, not going to be, given a qualifying offer by the Buffalo Sabres. So he's not an upgrade, but he's a goalie that can start. Yeah. And he's a guy the Hawks had some interest in uh, either last summer or the summer before, I believe, I believe it was the summer before the Hawks had some interest in Leonard and, uh, and he's 26. So, he's had questionable stats, but he's played in Ottawa and Buffalo, which yeah, were he's been a bad teams. Yeah, he's been on bad teams. So you, if you put him in front of a, a better team, who knows? He's supposed to be, you know, a pretty talented guy. I don't know. I'm not going to say that you bring Rod and Lanner in here and he's going to be, you know, the solution to all your ills because we don't really know. Well, it used to be that you know you could bring in, you know, the goalie from Slapshot and. uh He'd have pretty good numbers, you know, playing behind the Hawks D. But now Scott Darling, the way around now, it's you know, Scott uh, Darling. Scott, Scott Darling, yeah, <laughs> Ray, or, you know, Ray Emery or uh, Patrick Leem or you know. Um, but now it's it's kind of the other way around. It's I mean, the goalie's got to kind of carry this defense, and uh, so I mean, you're not going to be, you know, you're not going to be able to hide a guy with with a lot of deficiencies behind this defense unless it improves dramatically. Um, so we'll see. I mean, um, but that's that Leonard that Le- well, I would keep an eye on that Leonard deal, um, especially, you know, um, if it if it does appear or the Hawks, at least if, if the Hawks are aware that Crawford's, you know, on shaky ground, they, they may make a move. Yeah. For it, Leonard it, or something like that. Yeah. He's not going to get a qualifying offer. So the Blackhawks could actually do like a darling deal where they acquire his rights to be able to negotiate with him early. Yeah. Uh, you know, and not have to wait until July 1st. And I'm, and this is all just purely speculation. There's no, no reports. We've heard nothing. I'm just going out there on, you know, unrestricted free agent goalies. That, and there are very few of them of what could happen. And that was just one of the names that, you know, now ironically came up today, later today, that the Buffalo was not going to 
give him a qualifying offer and he was going to go to UFA. So I guess, you know, we'll see. Uh, the schedule was released today, Aaron, you, you, uh, you kind of mentioned that. Um, I honestly didn't even look at it. I was not feeling well today. Um, I, I, I read a couple of tweets and stuff that they're on, they don't have any very long trips. They have a very long break around the all-star break. It's like they have the all-star break, which goes right into their bye week So it's like even longer than a bye week for them. Uh, other than that, there was nothing really that I saw that really caught my eye. Anyone else see anything as far as the schedule goes? Um, I saw, I saw something that's, um, they, uh, I forget who tweeted it out and, uh, I don't have the capacity to go and look it up, but I, I think it said that they, someone pointed out that they play St. Louis three of their first 11 games and then don't see them for like a, a like a three month span. Um, so you know, you get you get really familiar with the Blues early on, and then uh, you know you'll have to wait to, to to get back at them again. Just from a rivalry standpoint, that was something that I saw that that pointed out or that I that that stuck out stuck stuck out to me. Yeah, it's more than I saw. Like I said, <laughs> I was just scanning through Twitter and I saw a couple of things. So yeah. Yeah, I always check for for those uh, trips you can make where maybe there's a couple cities that are close um, and there's like, you know, the Florida trip. That's always yeah. the lightning and the Panthers around Thanksgiving that mm-hmm. no one can go to. Um, and then I think there's like another California weekend, but it's not ideal because um, it's not a back to back. So the one that I was looking at would be possibly going down to Nashville December 1st. It's a Saturday. I've, uh, I haven't been down there. So I was kind of eyeballing that, but I actually always try to compare the Hawks schedule to the bears to see if there's any Saturday, Sunday, but, uh, no dice this year. Hmm. I know they go to, uh, they go to Vegas. I think it's December 6th. So if anyone's trying to get out, get out of the winter, uh, winter in Chicago area, around uh, early December and head out to Vegas. You may also catch a game. Columbus, ser- October 20th. October 20th? In Columbus. Yeah. Uh, I wish it was yeah. later in the season. I like it it's so much better making that trip out there when it was like March or something or end of February. Early in the season is tough. I, I wouldn't mind going to Denver again to see him because that was, that was great when we were there. But, uh, yeah. Uh... I don't know. They so, do play at home on January 9th. Uh, that is the day before my birthday. So uh, <laughs> if anyone is uh, inclined to send me a birthday gift, uh, two tickets to that game against the Predators would be great. We'll start a GoFundMe. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that seems to be the, the, the strategy nowadays. A GoFundMe, a Patreon, and all those other things, all for Mario. <laughs> Uh, so that's, that's it as far as the schedule. I mean, the schedule is what it is. The, the cap was also announced today, uh, $79.5 million, which is up what almost $5 million. Um, that's good for the Hawks, but that's kind of what everyone expected. So no big surprise there. The floor is now 58.8 million, which is, there's only a handful of teams that that's going to really concern, but, uh, those are the ones we should probably keep an eye on as far as where Marion Hosa may end up. 
Uh, that's kind of like the Islanders, the Hurricanes, the the Golden Knights actually have a lot of cap space. Uh, the Rangers do, the Avalanche do, the Canucks do. So that's what you're looking at as far as like the bottom of the the bottom of the barrel goes right now as far as cap space. Um, yeah. Uh, so uh, the draft tomorrow. <laughs> we kind of talked about it a little bit earlier. Um, I don't know what they're going to do right now. I mean, I, I, I think after like the first two or three picks, I think things are going to, it's kind of really up in the air with trades and moves. Bowman said today in the press conference that he was investigating moving up. I don't know how much that really means anything because he, they investigate everything. So, yeah. And quite honestly, I, I think in this, in this draft, the guy you get it for, uh, may not be any better than the guy you get at eight. Um, you know, I think it's it's sort of. Let me let me let me be careful how I say this. It's sort of a three-player draft in as much as the first three picks. Um, you know, it's fairly clear who they're going to be. Um, and uh, as I say that, I I I am not 100 percent sure that it's going to be. Obviously, Deline. I believe Svechnikov is number two, and then. To, Kachuk will be number three. Phillips Adina is somewhere in that mix as well. Um, but then, you know, you've got guys in that next tier like Hughes and um, Kakaniemi and uh, Noah Dobson and um, uh, our, our guy um, Wallstrom. So I just don't, I mean, I think the price of going up four slots in this draft or, or three slots in this draft is going to be fairly high. Um, and I, I guess if I'm bumping, I'm asking, is it really worth it when the guy I can get at eight is may well be as good or better, turn out to be as good or better than the guy I might get at four? So I don't see that trading up. I think that's just smoke, personally. Yeah, unless they got a guy that they really, really want that they know is going to go like in the top three, four. Uh, I don't necessarily think, you know, moving up to five or moving up to six really does you any good either, necessarily. Um, well, and you've, you know, after number one, who's Rasmus Dahlin, who I would trade up for. Um, and if I were the Hawks, if I could trade up for him, I would. I don't know if they can. I don't know if they have the, the horses to put a package together. But after that, you've got three wings in a row. You've got Svechnikov, Zadina, and Kachuk. And Kachuk is probably going to be a wing in the pros. And apparently the guy that the Hawks really are, are high on at, at number eight is Wallstrom, who's another wing. So... Again, it's, it's it's just kind of a deal. I mean, how much better those guys are are going to be than Wallstrom? Real hard to say. And I, I, from what I hear, the Hawks are sky high on Wallstrom. Yeah, but he's going. Isn't he going to college this year? Yes. Yeah. So yeah, the yeah, only, he, I, but I think the only guys in this in this group who are going to uh, play pro this year, um, Darlene, probably or or could, and you know, some people think Kachuk can. I don't know. I, I don't know if. It's if you just because he's a big kid and he's he's got a man's body. I don't know if you can say he's necessarily ready for the NHL. Well, Svechnikov is about the same size as Kachuk, so he could play too. Yeah, but potentially. But yeah. again, who knows? I mean, there's just there's a there's a mental adjustment as well as a physical adjustment, and um, it's it's real hard to say that any of these guys, other than Darlene, could walk into the NHL tomorrow. So, yeah, well, we uh, the, the big debate, too, also is 
do they go with forward or do they go with defenseman? Do they go with need or do we go with best player available? Um, Aaron, what do you think? Well, kind of rewinding just uh, a little bit on the, on Wallstrom. He was actually a Harvard commit um, and he went on, God, what was that thing called? Uh, the TPS. What is that podcast? Anyways, uh, it's like a prospect podcast. Yeah. Okay. And uh, he pretty much told them that he didn't have the grades to get in to Harvard and they rejected him. So now he's going to Boston College. He's going to BC next year. Um, and as far as Kachuk, he also said that he hasn't committed to go back to going back to BU for next year. He said he was going to just talk to his club um, and whatever fits the need. If they want him to go back to school, he'll go back. If they want, if they need him to start uh, in the pros, he'll do that. So he kind of left it up in the mm-hmm. air. But um, I, I really think it just for the Hawks, it's just going to end up being however one through five or six goes. I think I think there's going to be some shifting around. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, rumors saying that Montreal might trade down. Um, it, it really just depends on what happens with Montreal first. Um, the Red Wings have been open about wanting to trade the pick. Vancouver's also flexible. So once it gets to the Hawks, I think it's very possible there's a nice player there that they had no idea was going to be there. I do too. Yeah, I agree too. <laughs> I think yeah, we're all in agreement. I, 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 think, I think the whole first, you know, eight, nine, ten picks – I think it it really hinges on Montreal because, uh, you know, af- after trading Galchenyuk and, and for Domi, um, you know, really kind of opened up a little bit of, you know, what are they going to do down the middle? Are they going to take, you know, a, a, a center at three? And I think the only one that's been the only center that's been, uh, you know, rumored to be in that range is this uh, Cod. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, do they, do they take him? Do they trade out of three? Um, you know, who knows with, with the way that that front office, uh, you know, operates, um, what they'll do. But I, I think outside of those first two picks, it, you know, the, the rest of the draft really hinges on Montreal and, um, you know, it's, it's, I know it's after the Hawks pick, but, you know, Edmonton saying that they're open to trading, the tenth pick, I mean, that could be someone moving. You know, maybe Edmonton packages it and moves into, you know, the top top eight, top seven. You know, ahead of the Hawks or, you know, what have you. So I, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, variables that come into it. But um, like I said before, I I, I think the this the draft is deep enough that. Uh, you know, if the Hawks stay at eight or move move up a few spots or back a few spots, they're still going to get somebody that's going to be, you know, a quality player. I, I think they'd really have to try to screw it up. Yeah. Well, there's, there's, and there's a couple of side things here too, that we're probably going to have to keep an eye on. Um, like you were talking about Montreal may, may they take, or they may take, uh, what's his name? Coca Niami. Yeah. Yeah. Coca Niami. Coca Niami which he is ranked as number the sixth best European skater. So that's really dropping, you know, that's really moving down as far as, you know, quality of player goes. 
And that's at number three. So that's where things could even start to get shit, you know, could start to shake up. If Montreal doesn't take a chuck and they take Kokaniemi, and then at four, you have Ottawa, who could very well option that pick to Colorado. Because it's either this year or next year. So what do they do? Yeah, because, I thought they said they were going to keep it, but well, they do have till draft time. Yeah, right. And, and on top of that, if they're going to trade Eric Carlson and they've already traded Hoffman and they're trying to get rid of, like, you know, Zach Smith, like this team could be going for the number one pick next year. They could, you know, Colorado could end up with a, you know, a number one, two or three pick next year just out of pure luck if they don't, you know, so they're really, and and can you imagine if, you know, Ottawa's you know, tanking because they're terrible and they can't even get a, you know, they can't pick Jack Hughes next year because they have to give it over to Colorado. There's a lot of talk that they may just say, you know, suck it up and say, you know what? We got the fourth pick this year, but we could have the first pick next year. So we're just going to give it up this year. So that could change things as well. Cause then what does Colorado need it for? So there's, there's a lot of side, you know, drama going on here. And then you got the Islanders at 11 and 12. They have back to back picks. Uh, that could be something. Um, who knows? There's, there's, there's definitely going to be some interesting things happening tomorrow night at the draft. And the Rangers have three first-round picks. What yeah. can they do with that? Mm-hmm. So Detroit's got two. Yeah, you got Detroit in there at six. The Blackhawks at eight. Blackhawks got two. Uh, Detroit's got two. There's that teams with multiple picks, which could use those picks to you know move players or do whatever. Uh, we don't. That's why it's hard to predict at this point in time because there could be so much. The, the draft could be fluid after the second pick. So, and you know who I think is just totally going under the radar because he said one stupid thing is Adam Boquist. I mean, this guy all year has been a top three projected player, and he says, "Well, I might need you know two years to get into the NHL," and everyone's like, "Oh, oh, oh!" and he drops five slots. Like, I feel like this guy has Blackhawks and Stan Bowman written all over him, and the Hawks are just saying they love Wallstrom to downplay it because they know Boquist is going to drop to eight and then they get him at a steal. I mean, I think that's picture perfect for me. Yeah. He's another small guy though, which is what they have 11. I mean, yeah, five eleven, 165 pounds. I mean, for sure, he's going to need some kind of development somewhere. Cause you can't step into the NHL at five eleven, one sixty five, 165 on defense and be able to do much of anything. At, well, at and the thing is, 18. is, is you get the meatheads will then say, well, Duncan Keith did it, but Dun- you know, guys with a, with an engine like Duncan Keith are so rare. Um, so I, I, you know, I Bokovic sounds like a very exciting player skill wise, but it's quite possible he's never much more than say another Ryan Ellis, who's a nice player. But I don't know. I think I think you got to get you have to get a, an absolute pillar of your of your team for the next ten years at that slot. And if I if I'm picking eight and I want to get a defenseman. If Noah Dobson's there, I'm going to take him because that's a guy who's going to be an absolute tower of power in the NHL. I mean, rock solid for, for 10 to 15 years, and uh, he's going to do a lot of things for you, and you don't have to worry about him getting pushed around you know, along the wall. Yeah. Well, Has he moved up the chart for you? I thought you were a, a Bouchard guy. No, I, you know, I like Bouchard, but you know, the more I hear about Dobson, and this, a lot of this is really recent, the Memorial Cup, 
dominant. And, uh, you know, Bouchard's a really nice player. He's done a lot of nice things in junior. Um, you know, there's the one drawback on Bouchard is he's not a great skater. Um, Dobson literally does everything well. He's six foot three. And I believe he's about 190 pounds. So, you know, he's got the, the frame to add another 15, 20 pounds. And, and, um, and, but he can do it all. I mean, he can defend, he can score, he can skate. I mean, um, the scouts are just, you know, crazy about him. And from what I hear, the Hawks are really high on him too. Um, if, if, for example, if what I heard today is, is true and Wallstrom or excuse me yesterday, and, and if Wallstrom's gone, they're going to take Dobson. Hmm. Well, that'll be interesting. I kind of like that because I'm, I, I like to have, you know, those big guys that can move those kind of stereo, you know, those, those Brent Seabrook in his prime type players that can do everything. He can move. He's got size. Exactly. He's got exactly. a big shot. Like I like those kind of players and they're rare. You don't get a lot of them. And this guy has the potential to be a better player than Seabrook. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, Seabrook, you know, when he came out, he was highly graded. But um, this this guy, Dobson, supposedly has has the talent and the, the basic skill set to be a better player than Seabrook in the NHL. Yeah, that's the, the thing that would scare me the most about um, Boquist is his size. Um, they've got a bunch of smallish defensemen that can move. And he may be better uh, than all of them. He he may be better than all of them, but the the fact of the matter is, you're still drafting another small puck moving yeah. defenseman. Yeah, and, and I I love Duncan Keith, but let's let's be honest. There's two things that he he's always struggled with. One is hitting the net with a with a with a slap shot in the power play, and two he's he he does he he gives a hundred percent effort, but he can be outmanned around the net he can be out out muscled around the net and um you know the size at that position if you could skate is 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 huge it really is yeah because everything can be taught but size yeah i'm with you guys i just think that boquist would be the best bang for your buck at eight um there's no doubt that we have way too many small fast buck moving defensemen in the system but yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting. They hopefully will have a lot of um, hard decisions to make. You know, that's it's, it's a good decision, good hard decision to make. Well, and you know, the other thing is, say Bokovic does draw, uh, drop to number eight. Bowman's in an interesting position then because other teams may come to him and 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 want that you know, that pick. You know, he could he could then trade down three or four slots and maybe pick up a player who helps the team this year and still get a really good player, say at number 11 or 12 from the Islanders, for example. Um, so there's, I mean, there's all kinds of possibilities. When you're in a draft that's this deep, um, th- there could be a lot of moving around and a lot of, a lot of teams trading down or trading up um, for, for certain players. I mean, it, it's going to be really interesting to see. Yeah, this could be the most interesting draft in a long, long time for the Blackhawks. For, for a lot of teams, actually. And there are going to be teams who aren't in the first round who could get in. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. So definitely need to remember everybody. Yeah. Not I, just anyone I, on the board. Yeah. And, and circling back, uh, when you mentioned Ryan Ellis, did anyone see today that someone was saying that, uh, you know, what what's the potential of uh, Nashville giving up uh, Ryan Ellis for the number 10 pick? And uh, they seem to think it was it was reasonable that, that that Ryan Ellis could be moved for that number ten pick. 
And I'm like, what about number eight? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because Edmonton seems to be wanting to, to take on a, you know, a defenseman and they have that pick, that number 10 pick. So, and I don't know, whatever. It was just interesting that I saw that being floated out there. Not that I think that uh, Nashville is going to want to trade Ryan Ellis to the Blackhawks and help them out, but I think they've helped them yeah, out enough prob- already. Probably not. Yeah. I think they've helped them out enough already with Victor Edsel and have any other, you know, who knows who they're going to pick in the draft. And now Ryan Hartman having, you know, shoulder surgery and and all that stuff. So, <clears throat> yeah. Anyway. I trade with Edmonton. Everybody who uh, leaves that team seems to win the Hart Trophy. <laughs> yeah. No shit. Yeah. No shit. All right. Well, that's, that's you know, the draft Blackhawk stuff. Uh, let's get into some questions and then we'll get out of here for the night. Uh, I already talked about Nick's question about uh, Henestrosa. Sully twenty six on Twitter. Uh, say we keep the pick. Say we keep the pick and go off the board instead of a consensus top ten. We grab a Euro ranked lower. Think Bears Shea McClellan type of pick, which well, I don't wouldn't say Bokvis is that, but uh, does the draft outcome here have any immediate future on the effects on Bowman's future? Does his leash get shorter if the team starts slow? To finish the thought. So if you draft plus slow or even mediocre start equals Bowman gone versus giving more time, I would say Bowman is probably safe for the season. I don't think they're going to change GMs mid season, but um, if they start slow, I could see Quenville getting the, getting the ax. And then I would say that possibly Bowman goes at season end. Cause I don't think you bring in a new GM I don't think it's going to make that much of a difference mid-season for the team. You shake up the coach, that could jumpstart the team a little bit. You shake up the GM, I don't think many players care. And I don't think it's going to make much of a difference. So I think what you know, Bowman got that, that seal of approval for one season. They're going to let him go through the draft. They're going to let him go through the season. And, and you know, he's going to hold his own future in his hands. And Quenville, if, you, if, if the, the season starts slow and they're really – you know, tough coming out of the gate. He he could get the axe. So that's that's my opinion. How about you guys? Yeah, I, I would, would pretty much go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say I was gonna say I, I would agree with you, uh, Gate. That you know, if he draft, it, I, it's it's hard to gauge that immediately after it happens. Um, so I I would say Bowman's got at least this season. Uh, worth of leash, but I'm I'm 100% on board with, you know, if they come out of the gate slow and and for 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 the expectations that that I have, um, you know, slow would be they they don't get out of the, they don't get out of the cellar of the division uh, by you know end of November, and if it gets to that point, I think Quinville's gone, maybe even sooner. Um, you know, you, you, I don't think you can right out of the gate have the expectations that, you know, you had starting last season where, you know, you, you come off of a disappointing first round exit, but you still feel like the team is a playoff contender. Um, they don't have that. This, they don't have that coming into this year. So the the parameter for slow start is kind of changed. But, um, yeah, I would I would definitely uh, agree that Quenville is the first one to do get the axe if it comes to that. Aaron, I 
don't think that giving a bunch of people on uh, on the Metra free Reebok Hawks jerseys is going to save the season. Um, <laughs> I I think just based on the trend, unless they do something really drastic, I think it's going to get really ugly again. And if the Hawks don't make the playoffs two years in a row and people already don't want to pay a premium to see this product on the ice and you got a bunch of top stars underachieving, what else are you supposed to do but blow it up? So I think that's everybody. I think that's personnel. I think that's front office. Um, and I think Hawks fans and Chicago fans in general would be patient with that. I think a lot of people want the Hawks to make these first-round picks, to be patient, um, whether it's with Bowman and Quinville or not. I think that uh, a lot of people have already pressed the reset bet reset button on this team so um yeah i, I think it's going to be chaotic yeah i again, i agree with your take i think if if they start slow uh cornville is toast and you know he won't be fired so he'll be reassigned uh, yeah because he's got time left on his contract and that's how the hawks handle that um then um you know it's going to be really interesting you know because then you got to look at the next at the trade deadline, March first. You know how how long of a leash is Bowman given um, there? If especially if he if he doesn't have a good summer this summer, um, you know, no, I don't think they would uh, replace the GM in the middle of the season. But it's you know, if they get off to a slow start, if there's no Crawford or if Crawford goes down again, um, there's really no reason, in my opinion, to wait. Um, and you use the trade deadline, you know, to possibly, you know, flip a, a core player or two that's looking to add, you know, a guy with with a lot of cup experience for a cup run. Um, and, uh, you, you know, you start doing that that serious reengineering work. Um, but I would not expect then, you know, Bowman to last past May, I, I, you know, if this if this team is just absolutely horrible or if there's not a lot of hope in terms of some rebuilding moves that he's made already. Um, Cause I, I think if, if he started the rebuild this summer and you could see a plan and you could see the beginnings of a rebuild that, that, you know, could deliver a great team in two, three, four years down the line, then I think I'd be inclined to say, you know, give him a chance because he's doing something and, and he's got a plan and he's executing it. My biggest problem with Bowman the last couple of years is that, for years actually is that you know he's always been good at shedding salary but he doesn't he's not a builder he hasn't shown me that he's a builder and you know people want to talk about all great young players he's acquired i don't see any great young players he's acquired i see a lot of guys who have some holes in their games or you know they're they're five foot eight 135 pounds um you know i i i just feel like he you know he's been given a, a, a long leash um, he, he inherited a great core of talent in 2009. Um, that really was the core that was responsible for the for the subsequent two cups, or excuse me, three. Um, but I'm, I'd be willing to give another shot. But I just want to see him make some choices and execute, and even if it's unpopular. Um, so we got to see. But yeah, I think Quinville is going to be the first to go, definitely. If if they start out crappy, and and uh, again, I mean. Bo- in some ways, Bowman is, is really all the pressures on him because he's the one who's got to make the moves. I mean, Quenville just, you know, 
takes the roster he gets and does the best he can with it. Yeah. Um, one quick question, because I know, John, you're tight on time, um, and I figure this one is probably more up your alley. So I'm going to go to the end of this, which is um, it would be interesting to hear your take on a second-tier defensive UFA market and where you think the Hawks may dabble in there. You may have heard some things, so that's why I kind of brought this up, of, of guys who may be of an interest. I've heard the name Ian Cole, but you may have heard others. You got anything on that? You know, yeah, you know, it's, as a matter of fact, I've been promised – tomorrow uh a, a significant batch of news and uh uh with regard to free free agency and potential draft moves that the hawks may make um you know i do know you know it, it's so interesting because i you know i've heard a lot of these names and i've reported a lot of these names over the years and there's certain the hawks come back to guys you know the same guys you know two three years they, they come back to them like what we talked about robin leonard earlier is a guy they had interested in mm-hmm. at one time and um you know there are guys out there like john merrill for example um um john moore for example um damon severson uh greg patera guys you know who who i'm not even saying any of these guys are free agents this summer i actually don't know if they are or not but um they they may look. Nate Schmidt was a guy the Hawks had some interest in last year, and, and see how that turned out. Um, you know, they may look for those kinds of guys, you know, to upgrade the decor, um, because because it's for sure if John Carlson you know hits free agency, he's going to get over, what people would call overpaid. It's going to be like Brian Campbell in 2008, and I don't know if where the Hawks are at this point, you know, of their. Um, uh, of you know where they are with their cap and and the age of their players, I don't know if they can afford to make that kind of expenditure in a John Carlson. So, um, but yeah, I mean they they may look to go under and I, you know hopefully I'm going to hear something in the next next day or two about who some of their targets are. Um, but uh, no, I, I have not heard any specific specific names though as far as you know those sort of under the radar defensemen. Yeah, I've, uh, just some loose, you know, names that I've heard talking that are out there as far as UFAs go. Calvin DeHaan, uh, and I'm not even saying the Blackhawks had interest in him. I'm just saying that was a name that was out there. He missed a lot of time last year, only played 33 games, uh, but he's a free agent. Um, like we said, uh, Ian Cole, you said John Moore. Uh, we've heard, I've heard at one point in time, Kevin Connaughton. Didn't we hear about that at one point in time? I don't think I've ever heard them connected to Connaughton, but but that's it's possible. Yeah, I for, I forgot about it, but I don't, I don't recall it. I mean, there's Thomas Hickey, who's a 29 year old guy, about the same age as uh, John Carlson, only he's left handed. Um, really, all this these are just guesses because the you really it drops off so so quickly. Uh, you know, after you get about the 10 spot, you're you're talking about Roman Polak, Jack Johnson, Johan Adavitu. Uh, Alexi Emelin, Johnny Oduya. I mean, that's it's getting real, real murky, uh, real quick. Yeah. So. What about that Czech defenseman who played with Carlson on the Capitals? He was pretty good. <laughs> he's a free agent too. <laughs> yeah, he's a free agent. He's on this list. He's, uh, you know, I, I went by points, so he's a little bit further down the list, but uh, he's at number twenty-two, Mister Michael Kepney, yeah, Cup champion, Michael Kepney. Hell of a clapper. Yeah, Cody Franzen. <laughs> I think uh, Mario, you know, he's not coming back. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's definitely already expressed he's not coming back. So yeah. So I got a couple more questions, John. If you, if you need to jump off, you can. We could finish this up. 
I'm okay for a few more. Okay, minutes. okay, we'll, we'll 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 jump this question here. Our favorite uh, Panarin uh, fanboy <laughs> uh, sent in a question. He said, "If we start the season the way we did, isn't it time for ownership to blow this chore up?" Uh, just heard about a guy named Panarin being available. Bah, bah, bah. Yeah, we, we knew that was coming, right? Other than uh, Kane to Brinkett, possibly Crawford, which player would you rather have on the current roster over Panarin? Uh, Bowman should be working the phones to see if they if uh, the value on guys like Taves, Saad, Keith, Schmaltz, and Nisimov are high. It's better to trade a guy when his value is high than having a Seabrook situation. I agree with that. Um, my, my thing I suggested, I think sometime this week, I kind of floated. It was that, uh, if someone's out there looking for a center and the price is right, what about Nick sending Nick Schmaltz out out of town for, for a decent return? Wow. Um, well, you know, listen, if you want to trade when a guy's value is high of all those guys that you just ticked off, kitty cats. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, to bring it. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just personally see personally. I think Dick Brinkett, you know, he's he's a guy who can be a fixture for you on one of your wings for for several years and give you 30, 30 plus goals a year. And and uh, I, I the guy the guy that I would look at though is Schmaltz because he, you know, he's got a lot of skill. He can skate, but he he may be kind of a guy without a position too. And um, like Yelchenyuk, if some, pardon me, like Yelchenyuk. Yes, exactly. I mean, very similar. Um, cause yeah, Montreal tried and tried to make Alchenyuk a center, but he couldn't win faceoffs. And, you know, there's, that's pretty much Schmaltz in a nutshell. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, but again, you know, but we're talking about Bowman here and Bowman will, will, you know, he falls in love with his guys. And, um, unfortunately I don't think you're going to move an Isimov at this point. That's the other issue. I mean, uh, I just think at four and a half million dollars, he's another guy who's kind of, He's not really, he's not really an ideal center, and at the same time, you know, they've tried teams have tried him at wing, and you know, he does certain things well. He's he's a useful player, but he's not. I don't think he's a four and a half million dollar a year player either. Yeah, well, well that's, that's kind of that's why I wanted him to have a move. But yeah, go ahead, Mario. I was just going to say that 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 price point is kind of what's happening in around the league is that you know. Third, third option centers are now getting four, four and a half, you know, million per yeah. season, yeah. and it's it's, it's kind of just the the where the league's going with their contracts. It's you know it's not especially at the center position. It, it doesn't seem like it's more or less is he is he worth X amount of dollars just on the player per se. It's more what position can he fill? You know, can can you have a reliable third line center? And if that's the case, well, you know, you're going to have to pay him four, four and a half, five, you know, and then second line centers are going, you know, five and a half, six. And it's, and you, and you, you see a lot of the good teams, you know, one, two, three down the middle are, you know, you have to be solid. And Chicago's, you know, one, and then, you know, who knows what they're going to get. So, right. Yeah. And, you know, they're going to have to pay Schmaltz this summer something as a restricted free agent. And um, I believe his, his, his contract's up this summer. Um, I'm going to check it right now, actually. Yeah, it is. John, I think they get it done after the draft. I well, they, really they intend to sign him. They intend to sign him. 
Um, I, I've heard that. And, uh, you know, it's, as a restricted free agent, they're, he's not going to break the bank. It's going to be more of a bridge-type deal. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, don't, I, I get the feeling they, they don't, you know, Bowman has no intention of dealing him. But if you look up and down the mm-hmm. roster in terms of selling high on a guy, that might be, that might be the guy you deal. But I don't think he's going to. Yeah. Interesting. Um, let's see. Yeah, we talk, they talked about the Panarin thing. I mean, we haven't really talked about that much. I don't think that's any – any there. you can't do it. You can't get Panarin in here. He's he, not coming back. No. He's not coming back. I, no, you can't get him in here for one year. It, it, you know, it, you get him in here for one year at a reasonable rate. Yeah, sure, great, all good and well. Great. But then after that, he's gone. So you, speaking of guys coming back, what if the Hawks offer sheeted uh, Kevin Hayes? <laughs> that won't happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no thanks. Yeah. Yeah. That Hard won't pass ha- from everybody. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Fuck him. I hope he never wins a cup. <laughs> he he missed a chance here to win a cup, and I hope he never wins a cup. He deserves it. Go go crap Arsh. in another stairwell. <clears throat> Arsh. <laughs> Well, you know what? He thought he was fucking slick, so we'll see how slick he really is. Um, we, and then we got a couple of, we got Jackie said, you know, who do you think the Blackhawks are going to get at eight? We kind of really talked about that. Said, I also read that the Hawks are looking to possibly move up. We kind of really talked at that. If so, what cost would it be? I mean, it would probably be like the eight and 27 would would have to, would, would have to be packaged together to move up. And you don't know that, that that's even worth it. Or or you have to go do the eight and, you know, maybe, uh, you know, Eric Gustafson or, uh, you know, uh, Gustav Forsling or something like that. Uh, But again, it may not even be worth it. So I don't I don't know unless there's someone like Brady Kachuk and they're afraid, you know, they they want him that bad. Um, I don't see any. You know, I I got You know, Brady Kachuk is I believe he's a second cousin of the Hayes brothers. Yeah, and you know, I just, I get, I just feel like there's bad juju there, and between that family and the Hawks, and um, I, I, I don't know, I, I don't think, I don't think, I don't see the Hawks trading up to get Brady Kachuk. I don't yeah, I don't that. either, but I just especially was, not when they might be able to get yeah. Wall Street where they're where they're at. I, I don't see it. Yeah, I was just kind of spitballing some stuff. I, I don't think they're going to either, but. Um. Uh, Camarlo, our boy, the Jag off. Do you guys believe Crow is hurt or is, is it something wink, wink else? <laughs> I think we kind of, John, you, you kind of really hit, nailed that on the head a little earlier. Yeah. And, and I, I want to be really clear. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. We don't know. We've heard, we've heard things, but we, we don't know. Yeah. So it's well, not for, honestly, the way they talk about it, it really could be either. Uh, the official line of, of post concussion or something more nefarious, and um, um, I don't, I don't know. You, you'd think the, the the Hawks PR department would have to be smarter than this to be able to like people are going to analyze every word you say, just like they did with they the Kane and the Taves interviews. He's going to do what it takes to get back on the ice. You know, every little bit is going to be analyzed if you don't get out ahead of this and they're not getting out ahead of this. And this is just another instance of them not handling a PR situation real well at all. And uh, I appreciate your question. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's crazy. It's like if this was a physical injury, you could point and say, look, there's no, you know, physical timetable for him to come back. 
you know, we don't know when he's going to get back on the ice or what his condition's going to be, anything like that. If it was a physical injury, it's you would think that they'd have the ability to say, you know, it's it's this, we're waiting on this report, you know, we're waiting on this medical, whatever. If it's concussion, I mean, that, that can end up being anything. You know, Sidney Crosby missed, you know, how much, how much time? Almost a whole year because of a concussion. It's not, it's, you can't gauge a brain like you can, you know, uh, a knee or, or a shoulder or whatever. So it's, it's just, it's, it's, it, they, they, a lot of things just seem to be, uh, just, you know, fuzzy about it and not to use a, you know, concussion term, but it's yeah. just, I don't know. It's, well, it's well, very odd. When a player misses over half a season due to a concussion and it's not his first concussion, by the way, he's had, he's had at least one before, mm-hmm. um, there's, you know, there's no, and he's 34 years old. There's no real guarantee as far as whether he's going to play the next season or, or ever. I mean, just the, the annals of the NHL recent history are full of guys like Adam Deadmarsh and Jason Allison and Matt LaFontaine and Eric Lindros and, um, you know, Crosby, Mark Savard. One time it it appeared Crosby was done because of this. So, um, it's, yeah, it's just really, it's just really hard to say. Well, too. And how do you expect someone to pony up money? For season tickets, you know, with the, all the with this this cloud looming over, like if Corey Crawford, I mean, people know that if Corey Crawford isn't around, this team's in trouble. And I am I get a pony up money for you know to because my spot comes up on the uh, season ticket list with with the state of where things are at, and they can't seem to answer a question. I wouldn't. I'd be like, uh, pass. So well, you want to you want to pay two hundred dollars a game to see Carter Hutton? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So you know, you think pay two hundred dollars a game to see Delia? Though I would. That I would. Yes, yes, he would. (laughs) That was my other question: is if Crawford isn't ready to go, what now? At the beginning of the season, let's say he gets to training camp, he's not ready. They can't wait that long. (laughs) You can't wait that long. If you, yeah, they're gonna have to. You have to, like. I, don't know. I mean, they're. I think they're going to have to make a determination before the start of the season, whether whether he can play X amount of games or not. And if he can't, then I think they got to make a move on something, some kind of a stopgap bridge type of move, because they got nothing that that can can be, you know, your number one game in game out. And and I tend to be more of a believer in Forsberg than a lot of people. Yeah, I, I, and I, I am not. I would want to ride Forsberg. Yeah. So, yeah, you, know, you don't. You don't ride. Have to do like a Leonard or yeah something. You don't want to ride Barube, and uh, as no. much as I love Calendelia, uh, we all know this. We don't know. You know, I mean, he's played one NHL game. Uh, you can't just assume you can drop Calendelia in there and he can carry no. the Chicago Blackhawks for an entire season. As no. much as I'd love that, I would not bet my home on that. You know, so that's it, you got to do something, and I think you got to do something. In the area of July first, you have to know. You have to know for sure if Corey Crawford yeah. is going to be able to play. Because the later you get, what's out there, without having to give up a DeBrincat or something really significant to be able to get a goalie in here that can play sixty to sixty-five games, you're not going to have that option. There's not going to be those kind of things out there. I mean, you got the the Islanders are looking for a goalie. 
you possibly be Buffalo could be looking for a starting goalie. I mean, they got a guy that's decent, but who knows? Uh, there's a couple teams out there that are going to be looking for a starting goalie, and uh, they're going to get out ahead of that, and they're going to beat the Blackhawks to it, and then you're really in trouble. What do you put in the in in potentially? This is just hypothetical, but what do you put in potentially using maybe the 27th pick or something like that to try and maybe get a run at Philip Grubrauer out of uh, Washington? I mean, could you possibly package something with that to uh, to get his RFA get, rights? Yeah. And, and and try and see if you could get something done with him. Would uh, that be worth it? That seems steep to me. Yeah, it's probably a little steep. I mean, because what, for Darling, they got, what, a third-round pick for his RFA rights? Yeah. So yeah. maybe you could get it for – I mean, they don't have a second, do they? No. No, they don't have a second. They have a third, and they have the 27th, which is almost a, a second round. I don't know. I mean – it, they may have to. They may not have a choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that even again, that's a stretch. I mean, he started what those two games in the playoffs, and then he he was done. I mean, he did, he did a Scott Darling. He had two right. you know two minutes of glory in the playoffs, and then Braden Holtby took over and said, you know, here kid, it's my turn to get back here. I'm ready to go. So I I don't know. I mean, that's murky. That's real murky water that you're getting into. That just reminded me of when the Avalanche traded for Varlamov, when they traded a first and a second for his rights back in 11. Yeah. Kind of similar, just like a hot backup. But, yeah, that's definitely murky. Anyway. I don't know. It's just just something that, you know, maybe something that they could do with the – with with that late first pick or – I don't know. It's – Yeah, it's a good question because sure, he's going to be one of the hottest ones out there on the market, but I'm, it always scares me when a guy's going from a backup, a backup to being a full-time starter. I I, like even Cam Talbot, like he turned back into a pumpkin again last year. Uh, That, that terrifies me when you get a guy who's really good at being a backup and then you throw him into that starter role. Scott Darling did the same thing. More often than not, they don't succeed. You know? Martin Martin Jones worked out. Yeah. But more mm-hmm. often than not, they don't. Uh, you get, you know, Jeff Ruby was the next Martin Jones before, you know, and, and he didn't do anything. And uh, it, it's happened several times. Yeah. Uh, that happened in Carolina a couple times. Anton Hudobin, he was, you know, the next great thing in... Boston. Eddie Lack. Wasn't Eddie Lack out of Carolina too? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he went to uh, Vancouver and didn't do so well in Vancouver. And, um, you know, now where's he at? I mean, it's, it happens a lot where they, they just can't, they do really well in that backup role and they fit really well there. But then, then you give them the money and you put, you put the pressure on their shoulders and they turn into a pumpkin again. And you have Scott Darling situation. You have, you know, Cam Talbot's had some success, but then he's also turned back into a pumpkin again. So it's like, you know, you kind of throw your hands up in the air about that. You you don't know what you're going to get with Philip Grubauer. He may go into New York. They give him a bunch of money and, and trade for his rights, and, and and then he goes out there and turns into you know whatever guy they've had in there for the past five years that d- they couldn't keep the puck out of that. Thomas Grice, yeah. uh, you know Yaroslav Halak, who was good in, in in small chunks, but 
was never the guy who could take that the reins. They had Barube too that they didn't want to, you know, expose to waivers. But, um, you know, so those kind of situations scare me. I would, if if I was a GM, I would stay away from kind of that. <laughs> you kind of, I would rather more go with the pedigree, <laughs> the guy that's going to, you know, step right in and be your, and not have to be the backup guy for a couple seasons and uh, can actually come in and win a job outright. Um, right off the bat. Does it yeah. make Dalia look like such a gift to the Blackhawks goalie depth? He was. I mean, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Unbelievable. Because if he's not there, what are you working with? Barube glass. And then after that, the prospects are what Peters, who we've heard mediocre things about. Yeah. And the other dude who wants to get traded, like, yeah, we didn't even talk about nail him off. Yeah. yeah. Who who Stan Bowman tells, we're not ready for you to come over yet, which is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And then he tells us to fly a kite. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. I, I don't, whatever. I don't, it doesn't make any sense to me. The way the goalie situation is right now, they should be ringing nail and off, nail off over here, let them compete and see what they got. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But to tell the guy we're not ready for you and just to stay over in Russia, that's dumb. That's just idiotic. And he's, and he's got the stats. Like, I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, he's he's been up and down, but he had a pretty decent season. And um, it's not, it's you know, he just sucked when he was here before the one game he played. But doesn't mean you don't give him a shot. You don't just tell him to stay away. Yeah, Chicago, Chicago is not in a position to be, you know, picky with, you know, trying to, to see what their depth at goaltender is. They're not, you know, with Crawford being in the position that he's in, where he's he can't give a definitive he's going to be ready to play this year. You have to look at all your options. You know they they brought in that that Lankinen, uh guy uh, over from Europe. Yeah. They have Nalimov and um, you know they're not, they don't have Barube from from what I understand because they uh, when he was sent down at the end of the season uh, he wasn't around the team during the playoffs. So I would assume he's not an option. Uh, I don't know. And that's, that's completely without any, any backing, any facts backing that or anything like that behind. But that's just my assumption that he's probably not back with the team in some way, shape or form. I, he, I I don't know. I just, I, I take that to say that he's probably not an option next year. Um, But even with that in mind, if he was, you know, what did he do this last year? Nothing, nothing special. So it's not like he's going to be your NHL option, even if it is that Crawford's not available. So, yeah, I, I, I think telling, telling Nalimov that they're not, they're not ready for him is I'm, I'm with you, Gabe. That's, that's ridiculous. Yeah. That's, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. I don't, Crawford's I don't... got, Crawford's got two years left on his deal, 6 million a year, which is manageable. But last year is the year we should have drafted a goalie, a high-profile goalie, let him sit for two years, minors, wherever, and then come up, back up Corey, and then get in there because we don't sign Corey Crawford to another deal. This is the last deal he's getting signed to. Am I wrong? No. I, I no, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I would say no. Well, arguably you could say they did draft a goalie by bringing in Delia, even though he was a free agent. So you could say that they did draft a goalie that, you know. Sure, yeah. I, I equate that as they did draft a goalie. They just didn't do it through the draft. 
You know, they, they just got him as a free agent. They got a gift. That was a gift. Definitely a gift. They did not plan on an unsigned college free agent making the team and playing for every single affiliate they have and starting games for the Blackhawks. No, no, they didn't. I didn't. And I was his biggest fan. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know what has crazier odds, him doing that or Vegas going to the Stanley Cup because it's pretty incredible. Uh, Vegas by a slight margin. <clears throat> yeah, Vegas was what? Like a, a 5,000 or to one or something yeah, like that? At the beginning. Oh, 500? Yeah, something. It was very long shot to, to get to where they did. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I'd have to go Vegas. Yeah, but there are 31 NHL teams and how many players in the ECHL, AHL, or let's say goalies, AHL and NHL, and he got all the way to the NHL and started a game. That's unbelievable. Yeah. In one, in yeah, one, sure. in less than 12 months. Yeah, John and I talked about that. He started in the ECHL and he struggled in the ECHL. Mm-hmm. And then to, you know, to make it to where he made it to by the end of the year, it was unheard of. So, uh, um, speaking of that, that's his birthday today. Happy, happy birthday, Colin Delia. Hey, there you go. Yeah. Um, let's finish these rest of these questions and get out of here for the night. Uh, Hawks fan 314, 50%, uh, over 50% chance the Hawks get Kruger back in the host of deal. Sarcasm font. Um, <laughs> uh, the Bears, who out of potential top picks, do you not want to see the Hawks draft? Uh, I get pretty oh. kind of, um, I get pretty wonky about players that at the last minute kind of jump up the draft real far. In these last two weeks with Kokaniemi, based on him being the sixth best European skater, and now some people projecting that he may go in the first four picks, that kind of scares me a little bit. Um, so I personally just, and, and this is going on nothing but a gut feeling, I would kind of probably stay away from the Kokaniemi thing. But um, what about you? Yeah, uh, I'm I'm on that same, same board. Um, I... Like I said, I've said it, you know, twice now, but they'd really have to try to screw it up. But I think that, uh, you know, uh, Coca-Cola over there would be, um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Kakaniemi, I, I think he'd, he'd be a stretch. Um, and I, I really hope that it's not Chicago that, you know, takes that chance on him. I think there's enough, uh, you know, I think there's, there's plenty of Fran, um, organizations and, and front office that's that would be likely to take a chance on him ahead of Chicago. So, you know, we'll see. Also, I don't think he's, I don't think he necessarily addresses something that they need to, uh, need to fill with a, with one of their first two picks. Um, I think that they can at the center position, uh, address that, you know, later, later in the, in, in the draft and, um, maybe even free agency. Aaron? I honestly don't think they can screw up drafting anybody at eight. I think the only way they screw up is if they trade up. You know who the last person was that they picked at eight that, uh, or in that, in that 2008 draft, sorry, that, uh, don't that, say it, that they're comparing this draft to. Was it Kyle beach? Yes, sir. It was. Uh... Yeah. I'm sorry. He didn't, he didn't go at number eight. I think he went actually at 10, but I think at eight was Mikhail Botker was in that draft. So, and that's what they're comparing this draft to be very similar in, uh, in the amount of, you know, top notch quality players or whatever. That's what I'm hearing from the experts. So beach went number 11. Okay. 11. 
So that's what they, and, and like you said, but I don't, I, I'm not necessarily all that enthralled with Mikhail Bakker either. So, but Eric at least, 15. Yeah. At least with Bakker, he, you know, yeah, he at least league. made the NHL and scored some goals. Yeah. Unlike Kyle beach who played what one. Did he play one NHL game? I think he played one. Might've been one. Yeah. yeah. But now he's playing in Australia or some crap like that. Nope. He never made it. Okay. Oh. Well, and he probably shouldn't have. <laughs> uh, two last questions. Uh, Milos Stefan on the Facebook page. Will the Hawks trade Seabrook and the fourth? Uh, I think they meant seventh, 27th pick or whatever to the Oilers for the 10th pick. Uh, the Oilers are looking for a defenseman. They're looking for a defenseman, but they're not looking for Brent Seabrook. I mean, they just bought out Eric Griva. Yeah. So they're, they don't need a guy like Seabrook if they're going to buy out Griva. No. So No, they're, they're, they don't want Brent Seabrook. It's a, it's, I think moving Seabrook's contract without moving also a prospect or a, another young NHL, uh, ready player, um, is, 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 I don't think that's, that's going to be the case unless it's like Seabrook in the eighth pick, which would be sad. I think, no, um, in all honesty, too, if you have to give away your uh, your 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 early first round pick to get rid of Brent Seabrook's mistake of a contract, yeah, that's a huge mistake in and of itself. Mm-hmm. That's not something that Stan Bowman can put on his mantle. Is a uh, is a that that's like a multi level bad move to have to do that. Yeah, so, I but, mean it. It it's, we've already seen it burn them with, you know, Bickle's contract. And obviously no one could know what he was going to end up going through, but, um, you know, it cost him Teravainen and that's come to bite them. So it's like, you, yeah, yeah you, right. you get in the position, you get in the position where you have to get rid of contracts, but it's just like, okay, well, you know, what's going to be the cost your future. Yeah. I think at this point with the, with the cap going up $5 million, them possibly being able to get rid of Hosa's deal. Um, that makes Seabrook's deal look less, in, in this very technical term, less bad. Um, mm-hmm. you, it's more palatable to have that deal on the books when the cap's going up $5 million. You can then probably, you know, recoup another $5 million with the Hosa deal. You you know, you got $10 million there right off the, right off the top. So... Um, I think moving that Seabrook deal is going to become less and less important as the cap is rising and uh, it's, it's other things are cleaning up a little bit. It's going to yeah. be a little, you know, last year, sure, it was bad, but it's getting easier and easier to swallow. Yeah, I think. Too, Not that you bad. want to. Not that you want to swallow it, but it's getting easier. So, right. Yeah. Crazy. Um, I think. The Seabrook deal to, to that point with the cap going up, um, the the it, it's still a a tough number to take for his contract, but trying to see a silver lining, at least he's still serviceable at the NHL level, uh, you know, serviceable. Mm-hmm. It's not like you know you're paying six million to a guy who you know can can barely crack an NHL roster or something like that. So at least he's still able to, you know, give you minutes and be better than some other options. 
Yeah. His, uh, his salary is $9 million next year. Well, yeah, but we're just worried about hit. I mean, they don't care about the money. They can pay the money. It's the cap hit that they're worried is about. Is that with incentives? No. Oh, Jesus. Oh, yeah. I honestly don't think that the number eight pick would be enough to get Brent Seabrook off our books. Oh, so someone not. might take it. Someone who needs to get to the floor might. Six more years. Someone I mean, might what's do the it. shelf life of a NHL GM? Three, <laughs> if they're lucky. I think it's a little longer than uh, than that, but yeah. I mean, usually they give them more than three years, but <clears throat> I mean, at this yeah. point in time, it's just, it's, it's, it's a non-starter. I mean, it's not, they're going to have to hang on to it until they can buy it out with a, you know, compliance buyout or something like that. And that's just how it's going to be. Right. Uh, we we got to stop trying to unload that contract because no one wants to take it off the Blackhawks hands. They don't want Brent Seabrook playing third line or, you know, third, third pairing uh, for, you know, $7 million a year for the next six years. They don't want to do it. The Blackhawks made their bed on this one, and they're going to have to sleep in it. And uh, even though Brent Seabrook's my favorite player in the Blackhawks, uh, I understand why it's a bad idea. Yeah, that's why our only option is trading Taze to Montreal for the three. Oh, God. For Kokaniemi? Yeah, that would be... Yeah. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah. I'd take myself out in the backyard and put a gun in my mouth. <laughs> Don't joke about that. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that wraps everything up. That's all the questions. I think we're good all right cool all right well i think we'll wrap it up i think john john may be just listening i know he's uh he his uh he was technologically uh restricted in his new place so he's, he may be just listening or he may have dropped off but anyway you can find all of our wonderful content aaron mario john and i uh over at the com. uh eric andrews uh, I want to give a sh- big shout out to him every day. He was putting out a uh, prospect profile today. He finished up with Rasmus Dahlin and uh, he uh, did pretty much the first rounds worth of uh, prospects. He did a really good job and he'll be doing some more uh, draft uh, recapping and things like that for the summer. So uh, good job to Eric. Um, you could find all of us on the, the popular social medias, uh, at the rink official on Twitter at the Rinkcast, uh, you can find us on Instagram and the Facebook at the Rink official. You can find me on Twitter at Puck and Hostel. Find John at J A E C K E L. That's Jekyll. Uh, Mario, you're Mario underscore Tirabasi. Yeah. Good luck with the spelling. <laughs> I retweet yeah. you enough that uh, we could probably ensure that if you guys could find me, you can find Mario. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, easier than Rumeliotis. Yeah, this is true. Yeah. This yeah. is true. Um, and uh, Aaron, you're late in the Goldie. Yeah, I think we should close this show by uh, saying who we think they're going to pick at eight. Uh, who we think or who we want? Because <laughs> mine, mine are who, different. <laughs> who you think? Who I, are they going to pick in 24 hours? Well, I think... Uh, I, I kind of think I'm with John that they're going to try and pick Wallstrom. I don't necessarily agree with it. I think maybe they should go with the Dobson or Bouchard way. I think they should go with the defenseman. They need that game-changing defenseman. They don't need the, the depth guy. And now while they have Hillman and, and Gilbert, who are decent-sized defensemen in the system, we don't know that any of those guys are going to turn into the next 
you know, Evan Bouchard or Noah Dobson type player. They may just be a third pairing big defenseman, which is fine. But I don't think that they may necessarily be the quality of, uh, uh, you know, a Dobson or a Bouchard. I, that, so I'm kind of hoping they go defenseman, but I think that they're going to go with uh, Wallstrom. They could even, and, and based on the way the things went in the U.S. with the U.S. team uh, in, in world championships, I think, it, uh, you know, an outside-the-box thinking is they could try to get Quinn Hughes. So that's my thoughts. How about you guys? I'm, I'm along those same lines. Um, I want them to go defenseman. I want them to take Evan Bouchard if he's there. Um, I like his, his Scott, his size. I know John brought up, you know, his, his skating is, uh, is, is not, you know, at the dynamic level that you'd like to see, but I think that that's something that's teachable. Um, I think he's a, a, a player that has an all around game that, uh, can, can translate to the NHL and probably can translate pretty early, but, um, I, that's who I want. Uh, I think they will go Wallstrom if he's there because, um, I mean, that's, that's what they've, you know, wanted everyone to believe, uh, with, with everything that they've been saying about Wallstrom. Um, and that's the flashy pick too, with the, you know, the YouTube and all that stuff. That's the, that, 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 that could be the PR move. I mean, I've been, I've been seeing a lot of, you know, quote unquote draft experts and, mock drafts and everything comparing Wallstrom to, uh, you know, having the, not, not that he's, not that he's going to turn into the next, but having a game similar to that of, you know, Ovechkin or line a where they're just, you know, a pure shooter. And even though they may be just a one trick pony, it's a pretty good pony. So Artemi Panarin. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, 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 if Wallstrom is, is everything offensively that, he's touted to be, I'm not going to be upset with it. No, so. no, I won't be upset uh, for sure. I mean, you're going to get a pretty good player out of all, all the players I mentioned, all the players you mentioned, all the players, you know, uh, Aaron's mentioned and, and to, you know, piggyback kind of off of what Aaron said, it's going to be really hard to mess this up. So mm-hmm. what do you think, Aaron? Uh, you heard it here first on the ring cast. Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> the Chicago Blackhawks will be on the clock for the third overall pick they're going to make a deal with the canadians and i think they trade up to take brady kachuk three that is um, a hot take yep i i think the cost is i think they're going to have to just swap out of that that late round first so i think they're just going to swap uh for one of the canadians seconds so they're going to just switch places drop down so the canadians get back into the first end of the first um, and then we take one of their second round picks just to uh, to swap three to seven. But yeah, I think uh, Brady Kachuk is going to be a Blackhawk. That's the splash. Who are these fucking guys? <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. Aaron Goldschmidt, the hot takest over at the dash rink dot com. Uh, well, that's a good way to go out. So, anyone, if you want to get over, please rate and review us on the iTunes. Uh, I don't have any really last plugs except for go over to puckhockey.com. Get yourself some rink gear. Uh, other than that, uh, enjoy the draft. We'll, should be some, uh, hopefully, some fireworks tomorrow. Something to talk about. Maybe we'll do an early uh, early thing next week. we we'll do kind of a reaction thing, maybe on Monday. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Um, you guys got any plugs or anything you guys want to? Throw in um, yeah, just 
keep uh, we'll keep knocking out the content and hopefully everyone keeps going over to uh, the-rink.com and checking it out. And um, I know for sure I will be uh, trying to live react to everything happening in the draft tomorrow um, on Twitter. So I'll try and be a, keep my thumbs active (laughs) and uh, yeah. I mean, if they make a, if they make that splash and uh, go up to the third, third pick as Aaron is, uh, is alluding to, um, I'm, I, 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 I would love to go, uh, you know, live on, on Periscope and, let everyone see my my absolute death of uh, reaction um, <laughs> to seeing what they what they do at three. I Aaron, I'd be very uh, I would be very surprised and, and maybe a little bit upset if they try and do that uh, to go up and get uh, get Brady. I don't know if it's worth it. Game over, man. It's game over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I I feel like the Blackhawks always take the guy that they say nothing about they don't go to dinner with um they don't want anyone kind of getting a beat on what they're doing and uh they they've been high on everybody except for brady kachuk just really quiet um i think they said early on they liked him but i mean this guy's he's ready i think he's ready and he's supposed to be better than his brother he's huge he's better and apparently he's nastier than his brother so you want to put butts in seats draft brady kachuk and also, someone said today that uh, there's a rumor out there that possibly he could be a center as too, a center as well, and not just a wing. I don't. That remains to be seen. I'm just going by what I read on the internet, and you know how you, how that goes. Well, yeah. I mean, everything you read there is true. Of course, of course. If Montreal will take that 27 and swap it out for a second to switch, I think that's a good deal for everybody. And man, I I think that would be a slam dunk in my eyes. But we'll see. Huh? Well, on that note, with that hot take, Mr. Goldschmidt. Um, so tomorrow, enjoy the draft. Thanks to everybody for taking time to download and listen and support us and read our articles. Um, we'll see you after the draft tomorrow. Until next episode, see you on the